This is Danny Jolkin, and you're listening to the Level Flight Podcast. Welcome into episode 71 of the Level Flight Podcast. I'm Brian. I'm joined by Elliot today. Uh, Connor couldn't make it today, so just the two of us. Um, only a couple things to talk about today. There was only yeah. one game that we haven't really had a chance to, um, you know, really go over. There was the Batman stuff. But firstly, Elliot, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, you know, tired as always, but, you know, that's just, <laughs> just the grind in the middle of the school year. Um, yep. But yeah, no, let's let's kick it right off here, right into the the fireside chat and the Gary Bettman uh, press conference uh, that preceded yesterday's Jets Blues game um, to make it short and sweet. Essentially, Bettman was saying, obviously, the Jets are aware that they need to bring up some tickets and they, you know, address the whole corporate thing, but that. I think the, the exact line he used was uh, Winnipeg is a place where hockey matters and then went on to essentially say that there's really no threat of a, a relocation that ever, it's it's fine in the sense of the board of governors aren't freaking out about it. Um, I'll, I'll have more on a, like a little bit of what to say after that. But Elliot, I want to know what you thought of Bettman's comments, both in the fireside chat and in the press conference. I think, well, I paid a little bit more attention to what was going on in the press conference because you knew that the reporters were going to be a little bit more like focused on the questions. You knew Sarah Oleski was probably going to tailor the questions a certain way. There was probably specific stuff that she had to stay away from. Um, so I actually thought, well, at one point, I believe it was early on in the interview, what exactly I said in the last episode, if you didn't hear what I said, go back and check out episode 70. He said that the exact same line, which I thought was hilarious. I was sitting there laughing. But he followed it up essentially by saying, you know, there's no real worry. I think the other thing that we can take away from this is Bettman, as much as he's a money guy, he sees that this market means something to this city. And it sounds like him and the Board of Governors, if there was ever an issue, want to do everything they can to keep the team this time. This isn't a, oh, you know what, we're small market. Let's try to move this team to greener pastures. This is a city that under, they understand the city needs the team and wants to have the team. So I, I just think it was the exact answers he was looking for. Um, and, or I guess what everybody else was looking for, there's should, there's no panic. There's no nothing. He believes that it was blown out of proportion completely. And, you know, it was what it was. And I'm just happy that he gave the answers. I think I'm hoping that every, most of the answers that everybody was looking for. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it was blown out of proportion purely because the fan base is very guarded because of the the history of losing a team, and I, I get that. Um, 
I wasn't anticipating him coming up there. And like I, as as we said, we referenced last episode, I, I did a whole thing about how it's going to be a very boring thing where we're not going to get any new information. It was actually more positive than I would have anticipated. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just going to be like, yep, yeah, Mark said it best. Mark said it best. No, but Gary was very, very uh, complimentary of the market, very complimentary of the fans, uh, of the team, um, you know, went out of his way to talk about how much uh, True North has developed in the downtown area. Um, and I thought that that was, you know, very important to the fact that it didn't just seem like he was very surface level about it. Like he seemed legitimately, you know, sincere in talking about the successes of the organization. And I think that that's key because I feel like whenever he talks about the the saving of like the Arizona Coyotes, he talks about that uh, you know, a lot of the negatives and then tries to flip it positive. I feel like he led with the positives and then tried to dispel any negative whatsoever. So it felt very, you know, it felt guarded in the sense that he wanted to make sure that people weren't freaking out about it anymore. But he also did, you know, acknowledge the fact that they do need to bring tickets up and they do need corporate sponsorships. But he said that, you know, you know, ownership has acknowledged that and, um, I know his interview with John Liu during uh, the the game last night um, was great because they were you know having a back and forth, and then at one point he goes, "I don't know how I could be any more reassuring than I have in the last five minutes of this interview um, with some mm-hmm. of the stuff that he was saying." But no, I I felt a little bit concerned given the circumstances of everything, um, but I I don't feel too worried anymore uh, just with what was said and. Um, how complimentary of the market, uh, you know, he's, he was yesterday. So um, yeah. it's, it's, it's a weird situation where obviously we, I don't want to talk too much more about it because we've talked about it for LFP live an episode and now, now, but like there's, there was enough said that I feel like it was important to touch on, but unless you have anything else to, uh, to say, I'm, we might be able to roll right into our, uh, our actual game that happened. I mean, other than I think the discourse should stop. I, I think that his Batman's whole agenda was to make sure the discourse stopped. I think that he was being the parent of, you know, you have that situation where kids hear a rumor and it's a parent trying to shut down that rumor going, nope, there is nothing true about what is going on. So I think for any Jets fan, they should be super happy about what they got out of all of the media availability and the fireside chat and everything that, I, I actually think this made Gary Bettman look more positively than most people see him. Like, I think this was like a huge boost to his, uh, not his, I keep wanting to think the word ego, but like to his image. I think, I think that was just big oh, yeah. for him. It, it, it was huge just with his answers. And like you said, he wasn't denying anything. He wasn't trying to deflect. He took all the questions. He answered all of them. You could see it in his face that he was being truthful. And it was starting to, I think it was starting to anger him, the amount of questions that kept coming from the media that were similar to the exact same ones. So other than that, well, yeah, let's get into the hockey game. Uh, before I do, I just want to say one thing. He made a very, very funny comment um, about how he was getting applause in the fireside yes. chat. And he said he could get used to that because let's be real. I don't think he's been applauded anywhere in the last, you know, 20 years so um nope yeah that that was funny so uh yeah so gary he's come and gone i feel like we can stop talking about it now at least for a while um and i'm we can get back to the on ice discussions but before i do that i'm going to quickly 
uh, you know, roll a message from our sponsor this week, DraftKings. Uh, you're going to hear about uh, some of their, their NHL promotions. So um, we're going to hear from DraftKings and we will be right back. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet $5 on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. And welcome back into episode 71. Thanks again, DraftKings, every week for being our sponsor. We always appreciate it. Uh, go check out uh, our the promotions. We always list it in the uh, description of both the uh, audio and video podcast. So, um, yeah, they beat the Blues last night. Yay. They have swept the season series for the first time uh, since 2016-17, um, which is wild to me because the Blues, aside from their cup winning year, um have been kind of middling so yeah um it's uh it's nice to kind of be done with that so early because i always find that they're the one team that kind of just hangs around and angers me um (laughs) but yeah so let's talk about the game a little bit uh i really liked what i saw in terms of three of the lines yeah i can assume everyone knows at this point which line i didn't necessarily like but we'll get to that um the one line that i really want to highlight though is that second line because it looks like there's some legitimate chemistry and Mm -hmm. that makes me so incredibly excited uh but it also has me feeling very conflicted because there's obviously a lot of talk about reuniting the top line of ehlers shifley and velarde which would mean you would immediately split monahan and ehlers uh after they've started to uh, develop some chemistry before we get more into the complications of having to move lines around, what did you think of, I mean, specifically that line, but the rest of the forward lines? I thought the forward lines were, other than obviously the first line, I thought they were perfectly fine last night. Um, there's a couple dilemmas here. You obviously talked about Ehlers and Monaghan developing chemistry, and you see that. Um, and whether that's been Ehlers on the right wing or Ehlers on the left wing, it doesn't matter. They seem to be figuring each other out perfectly fine. Obviously, yes, you have the conflict of Ehlers, Shifley, Velarde. And, you know, I wouldn't really be worried about that chemistry too much because we see that Ehlers and Shifley have lots of chemistry. It would then be trying to, if they ever did go to that, it would mean that Cal Connor would have to go to the second line and he would then have to build chemistry with Sean Monaghan, which at that point, I don't know if that works. So to me right now, this the team is winning. As much as people want to complain that they've been complaining about losing the team and they've also been complaining about the team isn't winning the right way. 
They're getting two points. They have 37 wins and 57 tries. They're winning games sustainably, unsustainably. You know, they've done it all this year. They've won it on special teams. They've won it by five on five. You really just have to take the Jets at face value at this point that they're a good hockey team. And they at least have they have a first line that hasn't played great five on five, but is producing. And they've got three other lines that are really good at five on five and they're contributing on special teams. The other thing that I do want to say is as much as it does hurt me to have that line of Ayafalo, Monahan, and Ehlers, which seems to be also, I want to say that Ayafalo seems to be finally getting some chemistry up in the top six because he didn't have score any. Again. Yeah, after 20 games, that's nuts. Um, but it really felt like he didn't have any chemistry the other times he's been in the top six, other than that four point night that he had with Connor and Shifley. Uh, but realistically, as much as I want to have Cole Perfetti up there, this Jets team isn't a middling tweener, tweenersville team, right? If this was a Minnesota Wild or, or a St. Louis Blues, where they're kind of just chasing the playoffs, but they're not really probably going to make it, like they're in that middle ground, sure, you want to have Perfetti getting as much ice time as possible. But if he's only going to play 13 night, minutes a night anyways, and moving him away from Ehlers and Monahan means that that line gets even more ice time, even though Ehlers was supposed to get more ice time with Monahan, But if they get bumped up even more, then that's I, I'm okay with it at this point because the Jets just we're we're in the back half of the year. You just need to find a way to win games. And I thought Perfetti had a great game with Baron and Namastikov last night because that's the other thing that line becomes more dynamic without having a coup. as much as I like Kapari and you know David Gustafson's David Gustafson. I think that fourth line is a little bit more dynamic than just a four checking line. If you have Namastikov as the fourth line center, sure you're not going to win many faceoffs with him at center, but Though Nemesikov and Perfetti have chemistry and they have shown to, you know, play well together and you get you get a little bit more dynamic. He, he's going to score a goal at some point as well, Nemesikov. He's got to score. Um, but, you know, it is what it is with in terms of where Ehlers is going to play and where Perfetti is going to play. But if the team is winning games and each individual player is playing well with who they're playing with, then you just got to roll with at this point what's working. So as much as we want to get mad at bonus, we're not playing specific lines. We want them to play. They're winning games, and specific guys are starting to turn the corner. So you really can't complain. Which I'm waiting for him to put sort of money to mouth here because he Con it's actually Connor uh, asked him a question last night about the the fourth line. And he went out of his way to say that he wants that line to succeed because he wants to remove uh, some minutes from the top lines. He went out of his way to say that he wants to keep um, the Lowry line between, I think it was like 15 or it's like 13 to 15 to 17 minutes or something. Like mm -hmm. that. The math didn't really but make sense, but it didn't. But I think he sees them as a pure matchup yeah. line. Yeah. Um, but. He went out of his way, though, to say if that line succeeds, he wants to take minutes off of, you know, the top guys, which would be a, I would say, is as good of a solution you're going to get to any sort of line dysfunction, um, at least for right now. But I thought that fourth line was great last night. They hemmed in the mm -hmm. blues a few times. I thought Vlad Nemesnikov had a fantastic mm -hmm. game. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll point to one example where he's just one of those guys who he's going to give his all every shift. And there was that play where he stripped the puck off the Blues defender and got a one-on-one -on -one chance against Hofer and then got buried into Hofer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but 
I, I thought that he had a great game. I thought that fourth line was really dynamic in terms of, you know, getting to the deep parts of the zone and keeping the puck there and then allowing for the other line to come on on, for, on top of a top uh, or like a very tired Blues team. And uh, I, I feel like if he does, in fact, start playing that fourth line more to reduce some of the minutes of the top six, I think you're going to see a lot harder of a time for other teams trying to match up because obviously we still we haven't seen that fourth line against true top competition yet. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how much he plays them against the stars because he was also talking about how important that game is um, yeah. because we've seen obviously that a line like that will be essentially glued to the bench for the back half because they need to, you know, play their top guys. But if he is, you know, honest about what he was saying with trying to get minutes off the top guys down the stretch here, I think this might be the moment where they finally have those four dynamic lines that uh, can help, you know, balance the attack. And then that, that'll help, you know, take some of the load off of that very, very difficult top line that can't produce at all. But if maybe they can get a bit more of a tired opponent that they've, you know, they've worn down a little bit lower in the lineup that maybe then they can start producing. But yeah, last night was a struggle for them. They did manage to be uh plus two in the goal differential, um, which is I at that know. point, it's a miracle. But the, their um, XG is or expected goals four, is just 14% or something. It was 14.7. Like they were the, they were the second worst line behind. I forget who the blue, one of the blues lines, it was like less than 10%, but it, it, it's getting to the point where it's inexcusable. Like bonus had already said that he'd pulled that line away to tell, like to have a chat with them about their five on five play. Like, what do you do at this point? Cause you have yeah. a chat with them and then their next game, they're even worse. Like, I, I don't know. And then they, and then Kyle Connor scores off of a great, Rich, I know hey, it's a great individual can, pass from Morrissey, but like, like if, if he can just start, even producing a little bit more, I'll have a bit more of uh, a leash for that top line because, you know, Kyle Connor has shown that he can score at will at times. Um, but uh, up until recently uh, at five on five, he just hasn't been scoring goals. So yeah. um, we'll, we'll see about that. I, I do just want to quickly touch on Josh Morrissey because he has 11 assists in his last five games. Yeah. And I think somehow and maybe it's a good thing. Um, he has gone from being a guy that people are saying, oh, wow, I don't know how he, you know, flew under the radar for, for so long and then, you know, blew up last year and had just this insane season. He's following it up. And yeah. I feel like suddenly he's fallen back into the shadows again and people are talking about other defensemen. Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe the spotlight isn't necessarily something you want on, you know, a number one defender when he's doing this well because he can just keep producing and teams are going to take him for granted. But uh, I just I want to shout out Josh Morrissey for just being, aside from Connor Hellebuck, <laughs> being the most consistently good Jet that we've had all season. And I feel like we need to, you know, appreciate that because. Um, we obviously had spoken at length uh, before, you know, last year where he was obviously it was, you know, he got Norris votes um, where we're, we need to appreciate the fact that we have a consistent defender for the first time in a while for multiple mm -hmm. seasons in a row uh, because everyone seemingly was up, up and down for a while there. And yeah, but yeah, it, I, I, the defense group, actually, I had a, I had a nice, you know, time watching them last night because you actually had a Other decent game Schmidt, from but... 
I mean, Nate Schmidt, it, it's hard to, I think, pick little pieces about, you know, his game because he plays very minimally, I find. And yeah. for the most part, that pairing is very quiet. So when they do make some sort of glaring error, it stands out more. Which um, he gave up the second Blues goal. That was exactly. double mistake. That was double. Yeah. That was also double mistake. He didn't. He got the puck taken off of him when he tried to clear it on the boards. And then the worst part of it is, is he threw it right to Brendan Sod after he was trying to clear it. So yeah. But no, it's. Uh, I feel like Schmidt. He's one of those guys that when he makes mistakes, he makes them loud. Um, yeah. So it, obviously, you're gonna pick up on that more. I think he's been solid enough this season that. Uh, obviously you don't want him to, you know, lead up to a goal there, but it wasn't, it's obviously it's not great, but the rest of the defense group, I was really happy with that second pairing actually had a really nice night. You know, Brendan Dillon scored a goal, mm -hmm. uh, Dylan Pionk themselves actually were doing, you know, a really good job of, you know, just playing consistent and not being too, you know, risky with things. Obviously I mentioned Morrissey, but yeah, it, uh, it was a, a decent all around sort of effort. Uh, there were little things we can pick on, but I'm not going to be too picky about it when, you know, they, they take care of business against a team that's kind of teetering with, um, you know, playoff spots and everything. So it'll be a big test for them. Well, when you hear it tonight uh, against the stars where they won't have the uh, ability to make these little mistakes and get away with it. And um, it'll be interesting to see how that top line fares against you know, the Dallas top guys. And yeah. if we can get more, you know, consistent offense out of that second line, but no, that'll be, I'm very interested to see how they come out tonight. I feel like a big start is uh, necessary because oh. Dallas is one of those teams. That if you get down, I don't feel very confident about clawing back into it. We've seen it already this year with them, but it's been a while. So we will see how that goes. But unless you've got anything else about last night's game, about the upcoming, uh, you know, schedule, uh, I think we'll just go on and get out of here. I think that's it. I mean, you know, got to get, again, like I said about the whole, like just after the Batman thing and Jets fans complaining, you at this point of the season, we can complain all we want. You just need the wins at this rate. You just need to yep. keep, keep getting wins. You've got four games in hand on the stars. It would be huge to get two points here. Because that puts you into first with multiple games in hand still. Mm -hmm. So at, at this rate of the season, you just need wins. Um, and, you know, we're probably going to start talking next week potential trade targets. So that should be really Absolutely. good that we might um, see a deadline day. Yeah. So, yeah, as I said, this one's going to be coming out, uh, you know, on Thursday. And then we'll have a couple days here and then we'll be able to... Uh, do a nice long chat about what happened in the stars game on LFP live, which might be the first time with all three of us. Um, mm -hmm. And then, yeah, we'll work into next week where it's uh it's deadline week. So um, it'll be an exciting time. We'll, we're still ironing things out, but we'll have some plans on how we're going to present our deadline coverage. Uh, so keep, you know, locked on our social media. We'll have a bit more of a, an idea of what we're doing soon. Um, but, uh, in terms of today, we'll, uh, we're going to get out of here. A nice short episode. Wasn't too, too much to talk about. Not nothing bombshell-esque to come out of either the game or the uh, fireside chat. So, uh, for myself and from Elliot, thank you so much for listening to episode 71 of the Level Flight podcast. We'll see you on Sunday, bright and early, 9am for LFP Live. Have a great day, everyone. See ya.
You're listening to the Level Flight Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. 